When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to Trot's Life with Toby McKinnon on SEN Track. And I'm next joined by Carl Reiner, a man who has... Brett, a lot, a lot of horses. I've been doing some prep and some research, and I found a lot of horses, and there's certainly been a star of the show in recent years. But first, uh, we'll introduce Carl. Carl, mate, uh, how are you, and uh, whereabouts are you today? Oh, yeah, g'day, Toby. How are you? Yeah, thanks for asking me on the show. Um, yeah, I'm presently up at um, a place called Yakandanda, which is north of Beechworth. We're doing some um, doing some gold drilling, of all things, so... Uh, I'm um, heavily involved with the gold industry now um, after having get a, got out of farming in a big way two years ago. So I've just jumped from one one high-risk business to another one. Very good. So gold digging, and uh, that's something that I suppose in breeding we're all trying to do, aren't we? We're all trying to find our big chunk of gold or a champion horse that we breed and then, uh, you know, we can sit back and enjoy the uh, what we earn off them. Yeah, that's exactly right, and I, I find that so exciting. Breeding a lot of horses, that every every foal born is that potential gold nugget. And until such time as they prove otherwise, they, they anything anything can pop up, and that's the um, exciting part about it. And also the, the frustrating part too is because there's no exact science with it, unfortunately. Um, and if it is, and if there was, it'd be an easy job, but it's not. And um, yeah, you can you can breed a lot of horses and and not have a lot of success, but. It's a numbers game, and you've just got to keep doing it. So take us back to the start for you. Did it start out at St. Fort, uh, the farm in Moama? Is that where it all started when you started breeding horses? Well, funny, I've been involved with horses from a young age. I was a very keen horse rider as a kid. With my, I was one of eight kids, and we had a farm down at, down at Cranbourne. And of all things, our next-door neighbour was... was um, was um, the Demlers, and um, I had no interest in harness racing at all, except for my auntie taking me to um, to the old days, back to the showgrounds, and I basically went to the showgrounds just watching racing. And, and it wasn't until I got older that I realised that the family had a lot of history in horse racing, being with my mum being a, a an old penciler um, for my grandfather, who was a rails bookmaker at Flemington, yeah. and Dad always had a couple of race horses. But as, but as a kid, I was always riding horses. And um, I, excuse me, I used to do a lot of endurance riding um, because I'm, I used to do a lot of running. So I, I used to do a lot of marathon running and I probably used to cheat a bit. I'd do endurance riding and I'd, I'd be riding along and when the, tire got, the horse got tired, I'd, I'd go run for 15 k's at a time and then jump back on before the next, the next um, check. And all my horses always used to be super fit. So I was, I was doing a lot of riding early on. And then in the early 90s, I, um, I bought my first farm up in Moama, up in New South Wales, which was St. Fort. Yep. And um, during probably early 2000, um, you know, I, um, I was looking for a bit of a challenge, and I actually got a job at Alabar. And Alan Galloway encouraged me to come and get involved, and I, I stayed there for a few years and, 
and and fell in love with the um, the harness industry and was my first ever mare from um, a bloke called Jeff Waters and people might remember Jeff being part of the early part of um, of the Harness Breeders Association and so he sold me an old What's Next mare and um, yeah she started started me off and I bought and now I use the, the moniker of the radicals being just radical and I use radical in all the names of our horses with a, with um with my wife and um and we had a lot of fun there and then and while I was doing that is it um at St Ford um got um got got to know Kath McIntosh at um Gold Valley at, at, at sorry Kyabram at um uh, the vet clinic and we started um putting together a group of mares for embryo transfer work. So at one stage, I think I had about 150 brood mares um, where I was supplying cats with um, embryo transfer mares as well as doing our own our own breeding. Um, and probably, I you know, as late as probably 10, 15 years, or 10 years ago, we were probably following down 150 mares a year at, at our Moama farm. So we were, pretty, we were pretty busy with that and having bought a lot of land up in... Um, in a place called Bunaloo, which is 50 k's north of Moana, we had a um, a large uh, cropping property, and um, yeah, so in between farming and and horses, we were, we were always very busy. And then about um, about two or three years ago, um, I, I probably needed a bit of a break from horses and farming, so I yeah. sold up my New South Wales farms and just kept my Victorian farm, and and, and had a bit of a change direction with the um, with the gold mining, but still breeding, I'm still breeding horses for myself. But I don't take outside mares anymore. Um, but our, funny, all our the last couple of years of our breeding and selling um, yearlings have probably been, without even knowing about it, have probably been our most successful. Yeah, yeah. I'll take you back. There's a few questions that come out of that. The embryo transfer mares, 150 odd. You said, are they, would they be all standard bred mares? And we have had Kath McIntosh. I did a whole two-hour show. Would you believe on embryo transfers and? Uh, and the success of them oh, in the right. industry. Yeah, yep. Were they all were they all standard bred mares? Those hundred and fifty, and were you only using them no, for? Not, yeah, no, not, not. only for standard breds, or was it for gallopers yeah, no, no, and stuff? Um, no, we can't do it for gallopers. It's illegal to do embryo transfer for the thoroughbred industry, or in fact AI, um, which is a, a real shame. But that's another argument we can go into another day. But um, no, we we're picking up thoroughbred mares as well, um, and using them because um, I think most of those, like if you can handle your horses, you can handle your horses. I actually find that the thoroughbreds were easy to handle, but the, the standard breds actually made better mares, um, as in for reproducing because they were probably used to having more things happening behind them. If you want to understand that, with the amount of harness gear, yeah. um, and too, they tend to produce probably more milk. And so, and they're probably a bit, bit more robust and, and bigger in big, um, bigger frame. Some of them is, but yeah. So we were doing a lot with cats, and um, in between our other breeding, and it was a good adjunct there at the time. But um, but producing standard breeds as, as well as I think cats doing a lot of um, quarter horses and um, performance horses as well now. But yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love. I'd, if, if, the, if the thoroughbreds ever wised up, they'll probably kill me. But if the thoroughbreds ever wised up, they should allow AI and, and embryo transfers. Yeah they're, yeah, they're a long way behind where we are with that. That is for sure. Now, take us to a few years ago, what be three or four years ago now. I think you had five horses in the APG sales, and one of them was um, out of a mare called Without Guile. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, we had a, we we went pretty hard a year. I think of those five, I think 
three of them were some beaches and the other couple might have been half majors. So we went pretty hard. And without Guile, it was a lovely little mare I bought from the yearling sales some years earlier. Um, and she's got some royal breeding. She was um, out of a fantastic mare out of the West called Innocent Eyes, um, owned by the Cousins family. And so I, she was the last horse sold this year at the sales at, at, at the APG Select sales. And she was a short little that little stumpy thing, and, and I knew Innocent Eyes. I knew she was only about 14-1 when she raced, but she she could move. So we bought it. We bought um, this little filly, which became without guile, um, to race her and potentially breed her. And then, um, as a as a two-year-old, she um, she did attend it. Unfortunately, we probably we probably she showed so much that we probably went a little bit too hard with her early on. Um, but people, and this uh, some problems with the. Um, that sale that time of year in February, a lot of the horses haven't matured and people want big rangy horses, but I always knew she was going to become a, a beautifully put together mare because she was just, she was well put together, but she was just a she was just a chubby little uh, teenager at the time and she hadn't hadn't quite grown. But then she yeah, but so she didn't she didn't make the races but yeah she produced some very nice um foals including um her first foal a little um girl called Rock and Roll Eyes we probably made he probably made 170,000, um, and then um, another one called Joey's Hangover, who did he probably made nearly 100. I don't, I don't know exactly. And then came um, um, uh, what's it? Lock, uh, lockdown, Lombo lockdown, um, Bondi lockdown. Yeah, Bondi lockdown. Sorry, and um, and, and he's been a, he's been a superstar, and I don't think we've seen the bottom of him either yet. Is he the best horse you've bred, Bondi Lockdown? You've had a pretty in-depth involvement over a long time. Is he the best uh, one you've bred? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think so. Stoutabed's definitely. Um, yeah, he's um, he's a superstar. But he was always, again, he was again, he was very immature at the sales. And I said to Aaron, who purchased him, I said, well, at the time, he's going to make a very nice horse. Don't be fooled by his size. And... Um, and yeah, Aaron believes in that, and Aaron's been very patient with him. He actually certainly can run. At the times that horse can run is, is phenomenal, and um, yeah. he, um, he um, I don't think we've seen the best of him, but hopefully, for Aaron's sake, he can keep him sound. And, and I think there's a plenty more big races left in him, um, let alone as a potential sire. I think he's good enough to be um, to have that moniker put on him later on, maybe. Is he still your horse? Is he still your horse, Bondi Lockdown? Do you feel like he's your horse, and do you follow him as he races, like he's no, your no, horse? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do it with all my all my horses, um, and I and I'm very happy for him for the for the owners and everyone else. You don't feel jealous at all, which is a, yeah. a lot of people say. Oh, do you wish he'd kept? And I said no. I'm, I'm I'm happy at the time with what we sold him for, and I want success for him um, because. That's success, I feel as well, um, and yeah, hopefully he'll he'll be a, he'll be a superstar for a long time, and and you, you always feel part of it. And um, like I've bred a few thoroughbreds as well, and the same thing is that you always want them to be successful because that's the game you're in. And also too, I believe that if we're going to be involved with selling horses, you've got to sell them all. You can't say oh, I'll just pick the, the good ones that I think are going to be good. Otherwise, you don't have much of a name. Yeah. I think you've got to say if you're in that selling game, you've got to sell. Um, and I think that that's the key. And even to the point after I sold lockdown, I had a very good client of mine who was starting to do a bit of um, breeding. So I actually sold him the mare, knowing full well that um, to get him, give him a bit of a leg up, because I knew that the mare would keep producing. So I sold, um, I sold without goal to um, one he's of my good. clients, and um, now he's having success with it, which is which is great.
Yeah, great bike too, Heath. Burke. Yeah, and Heath's doing very well. And, um, yeah, and I keep in contact with Keith. Yeah, it is. So I, um, I, know I don't see a lot of Keith now um, because he doesn't bring his horse up to our farm. But, yeah, I always make sure I follow his yearlings and, um, and, and what he's doing. And that's just part of the industry. It's just, uh, but there's no, there's no jealousy at all. It's a case of I'm really happy for them to um, have success. And what about doing it with your family? I, I, I think Penny and Matthew have been pretty involved in, in the whole journey as well. It's pretty special to breed horses with the family as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, it is. And my, my brother, Matt, with, with, uh, he, he's a, um, he loves the, uh, loves the horses. He's got probably half a dozen thoroughbreds with different trainers, and I've probably got the same as Gan, and we, we always breed a, a few thoroughbreds together every year, and... We originally, I said, cut out on the standard breeds and had had some fun with them, um, and now um, same thing with the third breeds. I'm, I'm in the process of selling one of my farms in Echuca, and I'll end up setting up another stud. I think probably around the Ballarat area in the next probably 18 months or two years, and we'll get back into it in a way. Um, and we'll probably do it a little bit differently this time. We'll probably go and um, I'll probably rather than spending 20 years breeding some good horses, we'll probably go out and buy some some seriously good broodmares and. Um, and see if we can short short um, short track it a little bit. But um, I've got some I've got some nice horses going around. I've got actually a um, cat's got one of my um, uh, one of my thoroughbred mares ready to fold down next couple of days. And um, yeah, we just we'll just keep doing the right things. But yeah, just as you said, it's so much fun having um, your family involved, um, and be nothing better to win a, a seriously big race with them. And, and that that'll come. I'm not sure it might be next year, it might be ten years time, but it'll happen. But in the meantime, it's a lot of fun doing it. Could it come full circle, Carl? Could you be standing Bondi lockdown at stud in Ballarat? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be. No, there's no doubt. Um, I, I think Cap might have a clause in him first. <laughs> <laughs> but geez, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? For for Carl, he's he's named after you uh, as Carl. Know. For Carl to come full circle back to Carl and Carl and Carl can yeah, I, uh, work together. Yeah, I yeah, I only found that out about six months ago that he was named after me, um, and that's yeah, it was a bit it was funny at the time because um, um, yeah, Aaron's um, he's what down near Mortlake somewhere, and um, a good friend of mine who I, I coach um, his son in cricket, um, he said, "Oh, do you realise um, that that boy's named after you?" And I had no idea. So it's funny how paddock names or, or stable names happen. It certainly is, Carl. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. And uh, can just you can just the passion you've got for breeding harness racing horses and just breeding in general, just flowing through the airwaves. And I uh, loved having you on and hearing a bit about your journey. Thanks, thanks again. And uh, hopefully this afternoon you uncover a big gold nugget somewhere and you can get that farm in Ballarat up and going in plenty of time, ready for uh, Bondi lockdown to start his stud duties. Yeah, that sounds like a great story. I think we should follow that up. Yeah, thanks again, Carl. Right, it is time for the news. Uh, We'll get this news break away. Come back the other side and uh, we'll have some tips from Darren Carroll for the trots today.